You're listening to Sacred Sips, the podcast that normalizes uncomfortable conversations about spiritual topics that normally stay hidden in the shadows. I'm Rochelle Paye, an intuitive channel. And I'm Serena Myers, an author and sacred transformation coach. And we're glad you're hanging out with us today. Grab your favorite bevy, kick back, and let's jump in. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to Sacred Sips. Uh, I'm one of your hosts here, Serena Myers. I'm hanging out with my bestie, Rochelle Paye. And we like to have this little spiritual tea party with you twice a month. So let's let's have start off with like the most important question. It's so important. Rochelle, what's in your cup? So I am pre-apologizing to all of our German listeners, um, but I am drinking a beautiful tea that was gifted to me. Um, Schletzwetter. <laughs> Basically, it has a beautiful, it's like citronella, lemongrass, some peppermint, rooibos, orange. It's got like a lot of this fruity, like beautiful under citrusy undertones with the peppermint. And I just felt like I needed a bit of that like lemon boost today with like the peppermint cool. So in my notes, I'm just going to write German tea. <laughs> because <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna figure that out um that's that sounds really tasty I was also in like a citrus mood so I've got like a sweet orange tea um but then because I'm extra I also threw in Mexican vanilla because I was like maybe it'll make mm. kind of like a creamsicle and it kind of did so I'm just doing my weird little bougie teas uh trying to make a tea bag from the grocery store fancy um today you guys we are really excited about this and i want to give you um a little nugget about where it came from so we're going to be talking we're doing doing some myth busting this episode about spirituality and about what it means to be spiritual and i gotta be honest the last few weeks i have had so many situations that have left me royally pissed and i always end up coming back mentally to that theme or that meme that's been going around that says like you know well she doesn't look spiritual and the divine says well, good because I'm not looking for actors, and so reminding myself that I can be an angry some bitch and also be a spiritual person, and I really wanted to kind of like just unpack that with you guys. And Rochelle and I have had different experiences of the things that we've encountered of what it you know the the biases and the expectations of what it means to be spiritual, and we know that you have too. So we're gonna jam about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I will say Serena actually wrote a book called Sacred Anger, so it makes sense that anger for her is a sacred pathway of spirituality. (laughs) Thank you for that perspective. That gives me so much more permission to be pissed off. It's amazing. Because when you're in it, you kind of forget, right? You're like, oh, yeah, this actually does have a purpose. This is a tool. So, yeah, I did did write a book about it. And also, I still get really pissed off sometimes. (laughs) So uh, those things can actually exist in the same space. Um, you can be, you know, perfect and a work in progress at the same time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating, the biases that come with different paths that we take in our life. Like for some reason, I don't know, it's like a good Christian woman. It's like those things. It's like, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And a lot of people will have these understandings. And when you breach into that realm of spirituality, I'm telling you, there is a lot that gets projected onto you. Um, and it's hard because you're like, you want to be your own person. And yeah, some people definitely will fit into, I don't want to say a stereotype because they're their own person but will fit into people's biases like well but then there's also those of us that are just kind of living a normal life but are very connected and bridge those two together um so i know a big one let's just call it out a lot of people think you have to be vegan if you're spiritual yes um and actually the uh my very first ceremony they gave you a diet that you had to do it was like a shamanic ceremony it was my first spiritual circle really and they gave you a diet that you had had to adhere to so that fed into that belief for me big time uh what i didn't know is that the diet was there because different foods have contraindication with the plant medicine that we were going to be ingesting i really thought that it was like oh you need to purify you need to you know be cleansed from the unholy foods of meat and back then i did eat meat Um, for me, giving up meat actually had nothing to do with spirituality whatsoever. I was making like health choices and then I started to think about animals and all this other stuff. But I, I definitely had that belief going into it. And I thought, because we were talking about before, um, the call, we were talking about how when we have beliefs, we look for evidence of that to be true. And so because I was holding on to that bias 
that, you know, these are the things you have to adhere to dietarily, I totally was like, oh my God, I'm filthy. I'm unclean. (laughs) Well, I've had like a lot of teachers that, you know, and I have nothing against dietary choices, but that are vegetarian, that are vegan. And they very much promote that because for them, they don't see how, how can you eat meat and be spiritual and accept all of us as one. Well, I'm coming from this perspective where I have an eating disorder and I've tried going vegan and vegetarian and I was the most unhealthy every single time because my cravings were out of control. I wasn't getting the protein that my body needed to satiate in between. And so I had to really come to terms and I do it ethically. It's like I, and my body, funny enough, is allergic like I can't break down certain meat proteins but I have had to really accept this fact um, and I honor I say prayer and thank you every time but I have to honor this fact that protein for me and my eating disorder it actually helps me to not have my binges it it regulates my blood sugar pressure so I'm not having those highs and lows and dips and it gives me that kind of delayed energy that's needed until the next meal um, and you know so on and so forth but then also in that you are then fueled to do good in the world to live a spiritual life, to teach spiritual things. Like, you know what I mean? It's like we can treat it as just, you know, something that we consume or something that we're doing for pleasure or whatever, or we can look at it as this is fuel for me to do good in the world. And I have to do the things that make my body feel really good and supported. And if that's me, gold stars for you, my friend. <laughs> like people get to do it. People get to honor their body in the way they most need. And anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is a dink. <laughs> That's a technical term. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's your take on alcohol? Well, I mean, I've been sober. So I actually have very clear parameters. Like even before I was sober, I... I would not mix energy work and alcohol together. I have seen people get very messy channeling while drinking and then like the shit storm of like crying people because of the messages come through and they're all drunk. It's like just makes for this debauchery that is emotional and very intense. (laughs) So I, so for me, hand in hand with my recovery, I had to stop drinking. And I will say I do feel elevated. um, But I know a lot of people that like to have a glass of wine, uh, you know, on their weekends, I know a lot of people that enjoy drinking and alcohol, I just think as long as you can do it in moderation for me, I don't But at the same time, like, I can't tell you what that looks like. You know your body. You know your choices. I just think as long as you have very clear parameters about not my judgment and bias is do not drink and do spiritual work. And I understand that's my judgment. Yeah, I think for me, it would be like drinking and spirituality can coexist in the same circles as my throat chakra kicks up. Um, I don't I I don't drink either. But uh, drinking and spirituality can exist in the same circles so long as they're, you know, there is moderation, there is a sense of control and not something that you're escaping into or losing yourself in. Um, but I agree with about readings and energy work, anything along those lines, it muddies the waters. Um, it does, whether it's the person you're reading for or the person doing the channeling who's been drinking, it's not a clear signal that comes through. And so, you know, everything that we've always tried to do in our work is set forward to support people's highest and greatest good. And we can't do that in that space is my opinion as well. So, I think that you can drink and be spiritual. I think you cannot successfully cleanly um, drink and do anything involving energy work at the same time. Yeah, and even I will say, like, I, I have to check myself with not judging other people because I'll see wellness retreats where people will go away and then they include a glass of wine during the retreat. For the type of work that I do, because I go so deep and because we work so emotionally, the guides actually on my women's retreats that I host, they always request no drugs and no alcohol um, just because they're so easily to distract into. Now, if you want a journey with plant medicine, like, that's your choice. I, like, have never never connected with plant medicine because I just would go insane and that's like just how I operate on my um the basis of me but I also think it's really you know certain people are going to infuse that into their time away um but it's just a choice for me that uh, and my guides also that will say like we just need to have that be a space of raw vulnerability and when you kind of tap into those fields I think of using other things that really can um be that distraction tool and that escapism that that you reach into it's really interesting that you brought up plant medicine um so my brother has really struggled with recovering on and off and so when he found out that I was doing shamanic ceremonies with a hallucinogenic plant 
he was so judgy, like really like brought out the big guns. And I found myself being in this really defensive place because to me, there was a very big difference in sitting down and engaging with the divine um, with yes, a hallucinogenic substance and getting high for fun. Ayahuasca is not fun. And if anyone tells you it is, they are fucking lying. It is therapy in a cup. It is a, it is not a modality that's for everybody. You do want to be in a place that is really mentally sound. Uh, I got to a place where I wasn't, which is why I stopped working with that plant medicine. Um, but it's, yeah, it's something that like, I, I wouldn't even put it in the same containers, but also if I was doing a weekend of shamanic ceremonies using something like an ayahuasca or a peyote or anything along those lines, I wouldn't also be trying to channel messages. I wouldn't also be trying to do Reiki or energy work um, because one is an internal process and one is an external process. And you really want to be able to honor the energy you're showing up in. And I, and my experience, maybe someone else is going to have a completely different experience, but my experience is that it would be really hard to exist in those spaces at the same time. Mm. See, I've never, I've never journeyed intentionally. I just like, yeah, in my early days, just experimenting with drugs. I just knew if I went into that pathway, I just, it wouldn't come back. And I will say like, I've had judgments, like when people like go and they want to do ayahuasca every single weekend, because that's how they connect in with the divine. So I also think there is that space of really being like, okay, well, what is my intention? Can I connect in this way outside? Can I let the medicine work with me until I feel that call for the next time? Um, so yeah, it's a process that I know, I can't say never, because every time I say never, there is always an opportunity <laughs> to shift it. <laughs> but I will say, like, I really love how you made that distinction. It's like honoring the medicine and the journey through the medicine versus or the journey through, say, the Akashic Records or the guides or those external modalities. Like, this they're very different ways to connect in with divinity well this is so you like you brought something that i also saw in the circles that i ran in for a long time uh, and that is not giving the space for integration there is nobody who needs to do ayahuasca every single weekend there is not one person whose journey whose trauma whose whatever requires that because you do a lot of the work in a in a ceremony and you do the majority of the work in living what you fucking learned. And if you're not actually taking that time to integrate the lessons and then walk them, talk them, live them, breathe them, you're only doing part of the job. You're doing like the the part that someone does for you. You're not doing any of the heavy lifting on your own. I don't know, I'm getting a little judgy here too. And this isn't just plant medicine though. If we are constantly seeking outside of ourselves for healing, for work, whatever, this is not about not getting support, you can get support as well. But you still have to walk your own path you still have to put the things you're learning to work. And if you're not, you're only getting part of the way. Now, here's what I can say. The people who are drawn to us and to probably this podcast, my guess is you guys are not in that boat. Or if you're in that boat, you have the awareness of, I'm actually not doing the rest of this myself. Um, and for the people who are in that place, that's okay. Like, that's just where they're at. But we really need to create the space so that we're getting the full lesson. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, why are we even doing this? Because the work is not fun. <laughs> so why are we doing it if we're not actually integrating the full lesson? Hmm. Yeah, and it, it's funny because I know we're trying to talk about busting the myths of spirituality and that judgment piece, I think, is a really big one. And our biases that we can have on other people and their journey. And I can't tell you what looks spiritual for you and what's an awakening for yourself because I it's like we're only ever looking at the outside appearance of someone and what they're saying and how their actions are but we don't know what's going on deeper you know someone might be the biggest asshole in the world but so spiritually connected but because the language isn't how we would want to show up spiritually we then put this bias on them of like well you can't be spiritual if that's how you're showing up in your day-to-day -day life for me i value really connecting into that loving essence within i value being able to say things with compassion but I also have to understand that not everyone else values that in the same way. So I can't expect other people to operate from that same, same system. I think this is why it's super important to a have a lot of different types of people teaching spirituality and showing up and doing this work in leadership spaces. And also that we don't just sign up to one guru. I think we kind of need exposure to different flavors of it so that we can expand our own knowing and so that we can discern what is and isn't true for us. So long as we have a guru, their word is God, their word is gospel. And that's actually a really dangerous place to be in as well. And I do, I do wonder, it's funny because like, 
why I wear my judgy pants sometimes. Like I can totally own that. And I'm, what I was wondering when you were talking at the beginning of that was how much of these myths are actually judgments or expectations or projections or assumptions? Like how much, it, like, and did we just buy into a collective assumption that it then became the myth? You know, mm. I, my first ceremony, I knew I had to wear white, which when you're a big girl, not the most flattering thing in the world. I had to show up and wear white. And I knew, I was like, okay, I'm going to be in a room full of spiritual people. We're all going to be wearing white. I've done this like cleanse. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear any makeup. I'm not going to whatever. And I really thought that it was going to just be like a whole bunch of crunchy granola. And then I walked into the room and everyone is like a gorgeous yoga model, whatever. And here I am, my dark circles, my messy hair, thinking I just had to be all natural. And I felt like I felt even more like an outsider. It was like I was a bigger bodied person. I looked a little rough uh, and I was new and you have a little star in your tag. Everything just kind of draws attention to this, right? And I sat there and I was like, where did I, wh why did I think that everyone was going to show up here in this crunchy granola way where we were all going to be like hairy pitted, no deodorant, patchouli smelling fuckers? Like, why did I think that that's what being spiritual was? And I don't know where I picked it up from. And I do wonder if it is like some kind of collective archetype that we have built up that we think is it is what it is. And then we measure ourselves against that. And that's where the danger happens. Yeah. I well I I would say like I'm gonna I'm air quoting the hippie movement and like the sixties and seventies, a lot of people still connect spirituality with that. Um, yeah, with that expression and mm -hmm. really, you know, like connecting them with yoga, like really expanding these concepts of deeper understanding of your own connection to spirit and doing it outside of, I'm going to say like that religious sector. And so I think a lot of people still have these unconscious biases that you're very unattached to things. You're just free flowing, like it's all good, man. It's all love. And, and the celebration of that. And I do know a lot of people that often operate and for me I don't mean this as a judgment to them but they feel very floaty like I'm like you're not here like you're not living in body because I feel like they're just living on another plane and and I mean that's a pretty fun place to be in I've lived out of body a lot of my life but it's also how do you integrate your knowing and your connection into the hard bits of this world and I don't think that's everyone's path for me I haven't gotten away from that so it's just been how I operate how do I bring spirituality into my trauma how do I bring this loving connection into the really hard things that have happened to us in life because we want to find a reasoning and we want to say it all happens for a reason but sometimes things are just shitty but how do you navigate through that being in connection with spirit through the shitty times I think that's one of the because we're both quite earthy in terms of our approaches to spiritual work which is like we dabble in in the ethers but we still bring it back here the integration is what helps us to navigate the hard times. And that's because that's for whatever reason, that's why what our soul came in to do was to be able to bring those two worlds together. And what I've seen is like, I, I agree that I find that that, you know, that archetype, that persona is quite airy, but they're often also having children who really need to have that, that optimism and that, you know, like, I know we've kind of talked about how the high vibe tribe isn't necessarily truth, but sometimes we just need to know that that's even possible. And there are some people who really do exist in that place because that's what they came here to do. And I think it's beautiful. It's not for me, but it's, you know, to be able to be in that space most of the time, so long as they're not also having to try to navigate with the hardships and stuff of doing life and still remain in that place, because then you get like crisis of faith and so on and so on. But, you know, I, I think, I think every, we all serve our purpose. Like we all, we all have, you know, our approach to this work for, for a particular reason, whether it's a contribution to the planet or to our own soul's evolution or whatnot. Yeah. And I think this is like the piece. When you hear spirituality, there's no one teaching of it. And it's all of us to formulate. Like even with my own clients and, and when I'm leading circles, I say, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Like it doesn't have to be a one application process for you. And so I think a lot of people also are just trying to find their people, like their soul family within this world. And so we want to to bring other spiritual people into how we experience it because it feels like home, not realizing that people connect with it differently. They have different ideologies and understandings of what that is for them. 
And this is what excites me about it because I love going into the mindset of people. I love seeing the inner workings. And you also have to know that we can be talking about the exact same thing, but have totally different understandings and experiences with how it comes through. I think this almost circles back to what we were saying at the beginning about how when we have a belief, we look for evidence of it to be true. And that's why we seek out the teachers who are going to just reinforce these beliefs or who will be the ones who planted the beliefs in the first place. And then we have our community who all are thinking in the same way. And it feels, especially if you have like broken off, you know, from the flock, having that community is really, really huge. I think where we get into a little bit of trouble sometimes is if we are only surrounding ourselves with people who think exactly the way we do, we will eventually stagnate. We will only eventually be able to grow as much as the group is growing. And if no new information and no new possibility is being introduced to that, then we get pretty stuck and we start to develop dogma, really. Like, it really is like, this is the one way. And I think one of the beautiful things about spirituality versus, let's say, a specific religion is that fluidity, is the fact that there's space where all voices are welcome to the table. Whereas I think that... You know, if you say someone is a Christian, you have like a pretty good understanding of what they believe. Like there is sort of like a collective thing where spirituality doesn't have that. It's a bit more, it's elusive, but it's also ephemeral. And it's like, it's a whole bunch of, it's, it's nebulous. Like it doesn't have a strict form, which is its beauty, but also why there can be a lot of uh, misunderstandings because we mm. have different thoughts and different expectations and assumptions that we're coming to the table with. And I think it's important to know that what works for me, I just get to share what works for me. But a lot of people turn what has worked for them into this is the plan. This is yes. the step-by-step -step plan that you have to follow. And this is what we're talking about with those rules. So you go vegan, um, you know, like needing to exercise or have your body be a certain way. That has been one I've been up against massively. The amount of judgment for being a curvaceous woman and then I'm not taking care of myself. It's like the amount of judgments that also come just living in a body in the space and you hear people say oh well I see all these psychics that just walk around with all this weight on them because they're not protecting themselves or they're not doing the work and and the amount of judgments that they're making off of a person just by the body shape and the weight and the size also is really prominent in a lot of people's opinions with whether or not they can hold a high caliber of energy and for me I'm, I feel like I've talked about this um, in a previous episode but when before my last women's retreat that I held I had booked in for a session with my beautiful friend Jen like she is such a goddess and the breath work and the body work that she does and she really was just like oh when I was massaging your body she's like I just wanted to like like hold your thighs and just like kiss you all over because she was just like in like this loving like just celebrating and she's like because in Hawaiian culture she's she all of her teachings are really based in Hawaiian teaching and Hawaiian culture like the bigger the body the more mana that you can hold and the more energy and power that you get and it was just this beautiful acceptance and offering she gave to me of this different perspective because it was like this celebration of a body that I found a lot of Western culture or at least that Western teachers I had come in to connection with had judgments over. I had the same judgments of myself and especially stepping into that room it kind of again validated that belief that everybody had to have a, a yoga body and I think one of the cool things about because I mean I use that term and I, I think you guys know what I mean when I say that but then you have someone like Jessamine Stanley who is like this really powerful plus-size yogi she does inversions she's so celebratory of her body um and she's helping to like redefine like what a yoga body is which is that everybody has a yoga body if, if you have a body and you do yoga you officially have a yoga body and i think that it's it's so cool that we're now in this place where we're starting to not just accept that as truth and not just accept that as the standard where we're able to say actually no i'm going to choose to exist in this space anyway and it's a bit rebellious and for those of us who, you know, want to be nice and want to be good, there's a part of you that would probably prefer to change your body, to change what you wear, to change your lifestyle and what you eat and to conform rather than say, actually, fuck that. I'm going to do all of this exactly as I am right now because it is rebellious and it is kind of going against the good girl tendency. But like, who made these rules? Who set these standards? 
It's so funny because instantly I'm I'm just like, but if you are called to change your body and change your diet and those things, then that is your alignment for you. So yes. it's like in any way, I feel like it's an act of rebellion if it's what you choose to do for yourself. It's like whatever you can do to lovingly choose these pathways of these expressions of love for you I think is the greatest rebellion so it might look also so different to other people because guess what we're, we're not the same as anyone else <laughs> we totally. might appear even similarly but underneath it all we are not the same as another person on this planet or in this universe I think that comes back to like take what works for you and leave the rest and with that comes the need to know what works for you and to trust your knowing which i know we talk about like pretty much every episode trusting your knowing is like the thing that comes out but you know when we have this relationship with ourselves where we know what we need we know what we want we know who we are and then we can just live that and express that and share that with the world um then the assumptions that other people make don't really matter and the expectations that they have if you don't fit them that's okay like you are good with you and that's really if if the two of us ever wanted to have one thing for you it's that you're good with you like where, where you're at right now which means you can change things in the future if you want you can change them tomorrow but who you are right now absolutely good enough you're totally worthy of everything that you desire and you don't have to change and conform in order to do that if you feel called to do that love yourself now change and then keep loving yourself like yeah. you gotta be good with you and I also would like to say like this is the piece it's trying different things on for size as well so maybe you do get a list for someone saying these are our recommendations with how to clean clean yourself up and I will say when I started my recovery for food addiction when I cut out sugar I was so auditory that I actually really had to have an honest conversation with whether I felt this was a mental health issue or not because these voices were booming in but I wasn't I was finally showing up to my stuff I created a a clear channel of not disassociating not distracting not going in to what I was keeping myself in a fog but this was weighed down into my spiritual path already so it kind of is also this evolution of what works today might not work tomorrow so pivot so play with it be detached and if you're not happy with right now just try things on for size to see what works for you without making it mean if the next thing you try doesn't that you're a failure and I don't know if you can hear the sirens going off but <laughs> so it's like because we we like to label that if we're struggling and we try something on that we're a failure or other people are more spiritual or attuned or that you're never going to get there but really what it comes down to is just your willingness to be open to say hey like I was happy with this and now things have changed and I got to pivot again. So thank you for guiding and showing me. And it's not an external connection outside yourself, but it's that internal wisdom within that needs, needs to be the one you're listening to. Yeah. Now, if you are somebody who is type A, if you're someone who likes kind of that either or black and white thinking, that might be a bit triggering <laughs> to hear because what we're saying is be in flow, find your rhythm, be playful, experiment, which is not what is comfortable because we like to know where the where the lines are we want to color in the lines um but there is a magic what happens that happens when you color outside of the lines and if you can give yourself the the grace and the curiosity to just dip your toe into other areas you'll blow your own mind like it's actually really exciting the things that you'll find out and they're going to be so unexpected because they're coming from realms that you never allowed yourself to play in before so there's a lot of really good healing work that can happen, but it's trusting yourself and it's a willingness to be open and to kind of go with where you're guided instead of expecting everything to be the same for always because the only constant is change. And it, it's interesting because I tend to have lived most of my life very fluid, very um, as much as I could in tune with myself and and I will say, I think we talked about this in our last episode, like I have been more called than ever to create routine for myself. So to show up daily and it has been testing me on every level because I have been feeling pinned in and stuck in a cage. And like, these are my choices to implement these routines. I'm not being, no one else is forcing anything on me. So it's been really fascinating. My guidance has been to create more structure for myself because I've lived so fluidly and just that laissez-faire attitude, like the fact that I'm now being called to really rein in make that choice of how I'm choosing to spend my energy so it, it will ebb and flow you're gonna feel different things and what is being called within 
you or that expression is going to require different things at different times. Yeah. I think the more open you are and the more you can trust in yourself, the more willing you'll be to try something new. And you're going to know when it's not working, when suddenly you have such immense resistance that you cannot bring yourself to do the things that were once really joyful and playful to you. Um, if you're working with like, like I know with Bach flower, one of the, one of the ways that you know that you're done working with that remedy is you start forgetting to take it. Like it just isn't a thing anymore. It's almost erases itself from your being. Um, and also think about your body. Like your body knows so much, even if the head is chattering away about what you should be doing. If you're feeling really closed off and contracting, especially if it's something that used to bring you a lot of joy and connection, there's a good chance that you need to shift things. But if you're feeling really expansive when you think about it, but you're still finding yourself in those places of resistance, well, that's when you want to dig in deeper and say, this is now showing up as sabotage and not redirection. So what do I need to do to under, what do I need to understand? What do I need to do to be able to shift back into that place of openness so that I can experience connection? So just really follow your, follow your energy, follow your body's lead and be willing, be curious. Yeah. The, the belief that's coming in for me for the next judgment is just how we pers- what we think people should act like being spiritual. Mm. And, and I will say the number one projection I get is when people find out what music I listen to. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I always find it fascinating because when people like will come in the car and I put my tunes on, like I love like R&B, I love rap, I love soul music, I love like, I don't know, things with a good beat. I, I ebb and flow between early 90s to like brand new stuff to underground um yeah i i had my massive punk days and i still once in a while love to listen to the old stuff so what always comes in though is like oh i didn't expect this of you it's like well what did you think i listened to and a lot of people would be like i don't know like sarah mclaughlin or enya and and i'm always like so you think i'm just standing around with a puppy above my head all day or like just walking on a cloud everywhere i go listening to enya and meditation music but it actually has been something i have gotten so many times that i was like whoa like what vibes do i put out there that people think i just live on a cloud and like sing harmonious like Music is such a funny one because we have a lot of, even before I was spiritual, I think I really pigeonholed people with, I mean, I went to radio school, so I'm also kind of a snob sometimes, but I really had expectations of who somebody would be based on what they listened to. And I remember my girlfriend in college being like, it's so weird because I know that you're listening to things like Sarah McLaughlin, and I also know you listen to Limp Biscuit, and I don't know how those are in the same person. And I think that sometimes when we're talking about being these let's say unconventional spiritual people because we're bucking these trends. Um, We do live in both of those worlds and we are walking contradictions and it's the beauty of it because we're giving ourselves permission to be all of it and not having to choose. And in therapy, the thing that I had learned was to swap the word but for and. So instead of like, yeah, I'm really spiritual and I listen to Sarah McLaughlin, but I also listen to Limp Bizkit. It kind of diminishes the Sarah McLaughlin part. Whereas if I say and, I also listen to Limp Bizkit. It makes room for all of it. And we are all of those things. We don't have to choose. So it's really um, kind of a gift to yourself to be able to walk in both of those worlds. And I've also had a lot of people really criticize the fact that I listen to what I listen to, saying it's low vibe, the Mm. lyrics that they use. And for me... So my guides actually, I I felt like this was them just coming through me. And so they, they said in that moment to this person was just like, but you don't know the medicine you're considering lower vibe actually helps people through. It's like, who are you to judge the medicine that someone that might be really struggling? And that is actually that like opening piece for them to cry, for them to feel it. And I'm getting chills as I'm talking about it because music for me has really helped me process my emotions in my own life. So when I've been really in something that melts melancholy or really low vibe what some people would consider was what was helping me heal and yeah it's hard to listen to sometimes we all have the playlist that you're like oh don't want to listen to that song but some days it really hits hard and you're like yes like this is exactly my jam right now and then other days you're like oh no swipe like I'm not in the vibe for that so we often will project onto music also our perceptions of what classifies as high vibe or not when it's like that medicine is there for people that need it regardless of what you think. I've known people who have foregone their entire iTunes library to only listen to classical and spiritual music because they were told that that's hashtag the one way. I feel like that's the thing we're going to keep coming back to is the one way. And what a bummer. 
Like, what a denial of your own self and taste and desire to just, I mean, like, they believe in something so wholeheartedly that they want to cast out their own preference um, because they're worried it's going to detract from their spiritual path. I believe we're going to do the work that we're here to do. We're going to show up for it in whatever way that we're ready to. Music is not going to make or break that because I agree with what you said, but we don't know what the medicine is within that. And also we're going to be a vibrational match for the things that are intended to us. So if we're vibing super, super high and we're needing to work through something that's on a, like a little bit of a lower vibe, like maybe we need music to get there. Like, you know what I mean? We, we don't know. And so again, we're coming back to this place of like massive assumption and fuck that. Do you <laughs> listen to what you want to, honestly, speaking of which swearing, <laughs> swearing is one that I know a lot of people uh, get a bit cringy about because they don't think spiritual people swear. And, and I think it's all about intention. Like if I was like really going off on a client telling them to F off, like that would be a very intense energy. But sometimes the guides to break it up and to actually help shift the energy, they're like, fuck that shit, you're better than that. And then like, I can even feel the energy in the client dissipate so much easier because they know how to infuse it. And funny enough, you just brought this up. I'm in this like spiritual group and someone was going off with like how they think that guides should never swear. So you're dancing with the devil if your guides are swearing and I actually was like hell no because I was so serious in my dedication and my connection and it was just always so serious until the guides were like girl like you need to learn to live life and be playful and so it was the angels that started actually bringing in the swearing and they did it in such a poignant way like they know how to land a joke like I'm telling you (laughs) and and so they brought it in such a way that actually really elevated people's energy and helped them shift past things and I saw the potency and the power in it so yeah Mm -hmm. if you're not sure what you're channeling maybe like get clear on your boundaries with that but how I have found it has always been really activating for people and necessary for when it comes in and it doesn't mean you're any less spiritual just because you're not quote-unquote elegantly choosing different words that could express the same thing i think spirit also knows that their message is coming through the filter of the person who's doing the channeling and if i suddenly started to raise my pinky finger when i was sipping a teacup um people would think it was weird because i am not refined i am I'm from the wrong side of the tracks, as they say, you know what I mean? And the people who are going to resonate with my mess, with my medicine or with the things that I'm channeling through, that's the language they need to hear it in, whether it's, you know, themselves or not. And I, and I think, I think showing up authentically is more important than showing up and showing up perfectly because perfect doesn't exist. And I think there's also a big difference in intention. Like, you know, the guides, even when they're cheeky, even when they're swearing, they're not name calling they're not mean and abusive you know what I mean and if you start to experience that I would check who you're actually connecting with because any loving guide is not going to talk to you that way but swearing is not derogatory it's not mean it's not cruel it can it's emphatic it's language it's you know whatever and so if you're not comfortable with it yourself like maybe that's the conversation you need to have with your guides but it doesn't mean that someone else who is communicating in that way is any less tuned in Yeah. And I think this is really beautifully goes into when people start showing up in your life that previously weren't like showing up, say, as what you consider spiritual and say maybe they've had a spiritual awakening. You don't know what people are holding within them. And I've noticed this where someone who is totally tuned out is now really on their path. They're asking the questions. They're getting themselves aligned, like going for Reiki. And there's a lot of judgment I'm noticing with people. It's like, who do they think they are? And it's almost like we, whatever experience we've had with someone, we want them to stay stuck as they were because then it validates our anger or our pain or you know our interaction that we've had with them or maybe if they can change then our story that we can't change then you know is chucked out the window so it can invoke a lot when we see people really also stepping into their journey and we need to be mindful not to judge them in that state of like well who are they to do this or how how dare they step into it because it's an ever-evolving practice and I tell you like the person that I was prior like I have hurt a lot of people in my life like I have been cruel and very kind and so those people I haven't seen some of them since that period and guess what they're gonna like still think about today is that really angry bitter cruel Rochelle like I'm always gonna be fixated there to them and 
no matter what I want them to perceive me as, it's like, I just can't change that narrative. So it's like a really important piece to keep in mind that people will stay stuck in our minds in a certain way, but that doesn't mean it's the truth of who they are. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm sure I'm one of the people that people go, well, she is spiritual because of, you know, having been a phone sex operator and having come from, you know, the background that I came from. And, and, you know, I, I have been unkind and I've been judgy and a mean girl. And you know what I mean? Like I've definitely embodied those things. So I know that there are people who have projected that onto me for certain. And the thing is that even with that perspective, I still, when I, my initial reaction, when I see someone who has had a similar transformation is, oh my God, what a faker. (laughs) You know what I mean? I still have, even having been the person people have projected that same shit onto my first go-to and then I have to go, hold on, hold on, hold on, Serena. Like, why are you making this assumption that this is fake? And then I can sit with it and I can feel into the energy and find out. And oftentimes the judgment is the, is the ego part of me that is like cutting to it. Um, the energy part is what's saying like where someone might have some incongruence because when they're interact, because they know what I'm expecting of them. And so they're having a little bit of nervousness about how they're showing up in their new way. And, and what's true with them. So it's like, I'm picking up on that. I'm calling it fake. It's not fake. It's like, we're all kind of awkward. <laughs> we're all trying to just like be ourselves and be accepted as we are, but we know the impact we've had on other people. Yeah. So if you do catch yourself in that judgy space, hey, like you're human, whatever, that's fine. But invite yourself back. Invite yourself to like consider that maybe you're wrong. I know. I know. It's hard, but maybe you're wrong. It's possible. Like one of one of my biggest gifts, I forget even who said it to me originally, was greet every person as though you're meeting them for the first time. Mm. And just like how uh, a river will never be the same twice, people like they may have the same quirks and traits, but life has been lived on since you last inter- interacted with them. So if there were really hard coworkers where I knew their personalities were very conflicting, I would make a very conscious effort on my flight to say. I know what I'm expecting right now, but I choose to release that expectation. And let me tell you, I have had some miraculous flights where people that I found so insatiably hard to work with, so gritting and triggering, or I just didn't agree with how they navigated their life. Um, Nothing to do with me, like just it was in opposition for my values. And it was almost like a miracle would happen and we could connect in a different way because I didn't pigeonhole them from needing to show up in a certain way. And and that's always what I say to people. It's like you are meeting everyone for the first time again. It's like so try to control the previous biases. And if they still fit it, well, they still fit it. Nowhere to set your boundaries. Like don't, I'm saying this is a clear co- like contract. Don't put yourself into situations that are unhealthy and that you can't get out of. But really, if it's someone that you have this old memory memory above and you know you're going to see them just be like cool well I know how much I've changed so I'm going to give them that same opportunity and chance yeah it's not giving somebody a hall pass to be a dick it's saying hey these are my boundaries and maybe they're not even going to be necessary like maybe they're not even maybe I could be wrong actually I have a really good example of that my wedding so my dad's an alcoholic and I was really worried about how he would be I've seen him at previous weddings he is often like pretty intolerable and I was really worried about how he was going to show up at our wedding and um I was so beyond surprised like he wasn't just on good behavior he was actually really fun he did not get shit-faced we had like a looney toony bar and I was like oh god that's gonna be trouble he's just gonna go dollar dollar bills to the sky and he didn't he like he controlled his drinking he controlled his behavior he had fun on the dance floor he was actually enjoying himself And for all the things that I was super anxious about that day, it was so beautiful to be proven wrong. It was really, really nice. And I had to really um, be open to it being even a possibility for him to get an invite, frankly, at that point in my life. So um, it can be really beautiful to to think, hey, this is what I think, but maybe I'm wrong. And to be open. And again, set boundaries. I didn't give him a toast, for instance, because I wasn't sure how it was going to go. But... We still had a really nice time and it was really beautiful. Mm. 
Yeah, it's like that fresh space. And that's why I feel like you can't just get a list given to you and expect that to be your path to spiritual connection. Or if you follow that, that purity myth of like, I'm so pure now, um, or like, look at all the things I'm not doing. It, it really has to come from that power of your choice to mm. say like, yeah, this is, this is what works for me. And I know I can't drink. Like I know I am a compulsive person and that is how my addiction expresses itself. So I can put that and map that onto any anything like really truly anything like I have even had like crystal obsessions where I couldn't stop buying (laughs) like it's like maybe not as bad as destructing myself with say drugs or alcohol but it's still not good because it's it's that external ah what am I trying to say here just that external yeah so I think we're capable of so many things and so just finding what's going to work for you take it try it on be like cool like how do I feel eating clean or maybe I have wanted to go vegan and this is my permission or maybe that just doesn't work for me and that's okay too so it's really trying things on like really honoring what your body needs and just being in that exploratory process so I don't think anyone can be fit in a definitive list or in these definitive rules it's just really about connecting with self and pulling that judgment back in if you think other people are off their path and they might be but what does that matter to you anyways because who knows what they're going to learn while they're on that little side journey right if you catch yourself feeling holier than thou or superior that's when you have to start to rein yourself in that's when you go okay hold on a minute I remember the first time I ever heard of someone, you know, talking about the sleepers, how they were so awakened and how everyone was a sleeper. And it was like, this isn't us versus them. It's all of us doing our best. So let's just not put ourselves on some other plane, some higher, you know, realm of existence just because we're doing this work because they're, they're doing their own part for raising consciousness of the planet. It just looks different. Maybe it's how they're raising their children or maybe it's um, being the person who's the bright spot in everybody's day at the office. You know what I mean? Like we have our roles to play here. Nobody is better or worse than anybody else. Yeah. And that is like the most important thing. And even yesterday, (laughs) so I know I've talked about this before, how anytime I get in my head, I end up tripping. Well, yesterday was the grand all trip. And thank God my feet caught up with me because it would have been (laughs) face flat. But I was just walking down. I had had like a really beautiful walk and I just had my music on. And sometimes I will say this is where music also elevates me a bit, feeling myself, you know, just walking, good vibes. And I was just thinking about something. And I also, it was like, I've been dealing with some past a trauma that has reemerged. So I was really in my head about it and a little bit in the holier of that with like all the things I wish I could have said or like fuck them. And then out of nowhere, I just hit this curb so hard. <laughs> my sunglasses flew off my face and I'm like, thank God my feet caught up with me. And then I like settled myself, looked around and this woman walks by, gives me a thumbs up. <laughs> it was just like, and I'm like, yep, ego burst, not better than anyone. It's like, we've all been hurt in our lives. We've all been the villain. We've all, you know, been the hero. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we're here having this experience. And how we view what's good and bad, right and wrong, we all perceive differently as well. Yeah, because we each come in with our own sets of values, our own sets of truths, and our own definition of what right and wrong even is. And nobody came into this world with a guidebook. You know what I mean? There isn't one set rule. It's why different cultures have different ways of being and behaving. And it's not that one is better or worse or one is good or bad. It's just, you know, we're different. And that's cool. And if you find yourself getting triggered, then look within. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about them, my friend. (laughs) There's something going on for you, very likely. It seems like a really good place to bring in a divine message. What do you think, Rochelle? Yeah. So the guides today, they wanted me to actually just pull a card for you. So I'm using Colette Baron Reads, the Enchanted Map Oracle card. And she has redone these. So I actually have her new deck. So it's not the brown one. It's a really beautiful kind of teal color. So I don't know why that makes a difference and why I'm telling you. (laughs) We've talked before about the difference decks make when they get, when the artwork gets changed and whatever, it changes the vibe. So Mm. I think it's fair to make the distinction. Okay. So this is an interesting card that's come in, Unexpected Visitors and Encouragement. So let me just tune in because this Unexpected Visitor, I'm like, hmm. (laughs) Okay, 
So what they're bringing in with the unexpected visitor is even the mental judgments that you get, these unexpected judgments that come in and how we instantly put them on people or situations without really connecting into our truth. So they're saying right now, a lot of people are having these unexpected visitors, these outside opinions that are really coming in and almost influencing their mindset rather than really connecting in. So what they're showing me right now is we have a head versus heart battle that's happening collectively and it's really about choosing to stay a neutral party and connecting in with your truth and the encouragement piece within this is they're saying you have the information and knowing just it looks almost more fearful to decide what your truth is and to know your truth rather than just kind of take that collective conditioning is how they're phrasing it now, I know this sounds really big and scary, but think about a person, have them recall to your mind. You might have a friend that really dislikes that person, but you're like, they're actually not bad. Like, I've never had a bad influence like with them. And so really stripping yourself back to be like, well, what is my perception of this person? Just because someone else doesn't like them doesn't mean I don't have to. So they're saying it's in the minutia of the day of the just these subtle judgments that we make without knowing it. And this is the unexpected visitors of, well, whose truth is this? Is it mine or is it externally for me and what am I choosing to listen to so they're saying right now that it's a little bit of a journey of really dropping in and centering yourself and they're showing the chaos of the world the chaos of the collective we're needing to anchor we're needing to ground and just kind of get honest and real with us and so when you find yourself judging other people um, for choices that they're making or you find yourself judging other people for not doing certain things they're saying call back in and just say well what do I choose to do for myself and what can I do here so a part of this right now they're saying is really that feeling of being out of control and no one likes to feel out of control but realizing that you don't even really have control over the way your state of mind they're saying you do but a lot of those unexpected visitors you start realizing how much things just kind of infiltrate your field without you knowing so they're saying this right now is a really big invitation for you to really drop into your heart really center into your own internal guidance and those own whispers to say well what do I believe is true Ooh, and you're creating your own world on your own terms and doesn't that sound delicious uh, Rochelle does really really powerful reading she integrates magic from every realm um they're really really potent and i think did you say that you've got a promo code for our listeners Yes, so I have an ongoing promo code for all of our listeners just because I love to get back to the people that really, you know, love to do this work. And so I, and I honestly just feel it's just a profound honor every time I get to do a session for someone. And what you get with me, like my sessions are not just surface level readings. Like we go into the belief systems or the traumas or the energies that are holding you back. We really look at what is underneath the surface and what is consuming you from the subconscious layer. So they're really powerful to really help flip the switch in your own life and just give you a new possibility and freedom. Um, and I know that sounds like a lot to offer in a little session, but a lot of people have said it feels like 10 sessions with someone else and one wrapped up with me. Well, and it's so break. cool too. No, no, but it's serious <laughs> and it's true. And they can also like do multiple sessions with you so they can continue that, that deepening. So if this is something that you are really committed to and if you are like trying to find out everything going on you know in these other parts of you um, especially if you're having a hard time aligning your life to what you want to create uh, you want a little taste of her magic it is going to help you shift you have no idea and she always brings in joy and ease and grace and is it's just really beautiful and transformative she's one of the few people that I trust with my energy so that's that's high praise I'm kind of a snob about that <laughs> I'm very protective <laughs> Okay, well, that uh, well, we're going to make sure that that promo code is in the is in the show notes so that it's nice and easy for you to be able to book some time with her, and that kind of wraps up today. So we are so glad that you took the time to sit with this because I know that it's not the most comfortable conversation, and we think that you're pretty pretty brave for uh, you're pretty brave for going in and being willing to be wrong or to catch yourself in judgment and anything less than spiritual and also really brave to accept yourself anyway that's pretty great so we love you we'll see you next time Bye.